Welcome to the Walk Talks podcast, a resource produced by Southland Christian Ministries located in Ringgold, Louisiana. Our purpose is to provide you with daily devotions so that you can faithfully grow in your relationship with Christ each and every day. We hope these truths will be an encouragement to you as you hear from God's Word today. Well, good morning. Welcome back to another edition of Walk Talks. My name is Jonathan Fowler, and I'm excited to bring today's devotional to you. All that glitters is not gold. I'm sure many of you have heard this phrase. It's very popular, and this phrase was used by gold buyers and prospectors who were amused by excited people who thought they had found gold. And unfortunately, these people didn't know the difference between pyrite and true gold, and their ignorance caused them to look like fools. You know, you might be like, okay, why are you telling me this about fool's gold? Well, you know, it's not just gold that people have sought for in their life to make them feel rich and happy only to be disappointed. Sometimes people will pursue a particular career or a particular possession or a new hobby or a new relationship. And they think that whatever this pursuit um, of this career, a hobby, whatever, They think this is going to make their life feel rich and happy. And far too many get down this path and realize that what they were pursuing turned out to be fool's gold. The text we have turned to today, Romans chapter 12, verses 1 and 2, it shows us that we can know for sure what the will of God is for our lives. The last phrase of verse 2 is where I want to start. The last phrase of Romans chapter 12, verses 1 and 2, says that ye may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. That word prove has the idea of um, you you learn something by examination and testing. You can discern it by, by close examination and testing. And we can know for sure, we can prove the will of God is in four specific ways that, that Paul gives us in, in uh, verse 1 and the first part of verse 2. But but before we move on, I also want us to look at the descriptions of the will of God at, in this last phrase. The descriptions are good, acceptable, and perfect. That you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. The, the word good has the idea of something um, that is noble and beautiful. And the word acceptable has the idea of something that is pleasurable. And and perfect is something that is complete and mature, not something that's partial or temporary. So we can see just in the descriptions that, that Paul is saying, hey, there is nothing, nothing better than the will of God for your life. This is this is true gold. And so what we have when we start back up to the verse one, up to verse one, up to this point. We have four summary steps in proving what the will of God is for our life. And we see in the first phrase of verse 1 that the first step to living in the will of God is salvation. When we read in verse 1, Paul writes, I beseech you therefore. And that word therefore, it ties us back into Romans chapters 1 through 11 where the theme has been the gospel. And the gospel in chapter 1 verse 16 that Paul says the gospel is the power of God to salvation. And and when we continue on um, in verse 1, I beseech you therefore, brethren. Again, this isn't just like something you when you say to your brother, like, hey, bro, 
or just some random people. What's up, brother? No, this is referred to like a brother in Christ. Paul is assuming that that these readers um, are brethren of like precious faith, that they have accepted um, the gospel message, that their righteous life, the sacrificial death, the shed blood of Christ, his resurrection from the grave, that Jesus Christ alone can save from sin. Um, and he is assuming that they, like him, have responded in faith to this gospel message. And then there's another proof of this point, the, the next phrase. I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God. The mercy of God displayed to us through his son, Jesus Christ, and in saving us from our sin. Again, these are all points in proving that in order for us to get to the end of verse 2, proving the good, acceptable, perfect will of God, the first step to living in the will of God is salvation. And we see other New Testament texts that point to this truth as well. I believe it's in First Peter. There's a verse that says, God is not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. You cannot live and experience God's will, God's very best for your life, if you aren't first a born-again believer. But you might know someone that you have good reason to, to hope is saved, but you wouldn't say they're living in the will of God either. That brings us to the next step, and that is the step of surrender. So we have salvation, and now we have surrender. When we continue reading on in verse 1, it says that ye present your bodies a living sacrifice. And this this living sacrifice is really a contrast um, between Old Testament animals that were offered as a one-time offering. In contrast, a living sacrifice, something that is that is offered daily. You present your bodies, you present your hands, your eyes, your feet, all that you are. You present yourself to the Lord for His service daily, not just a one-time thing. Uh, I mean, take up your cross daily and follow Christ. Uh, you serve, you present your bodies. Um, and it's it's very practical when it says present your bodies. I already said it, but it take it very literally. Like your hands, your eyes, your feet, um, everything. Uh, be all in for the Lord. And may it not just be a, again, Old Testament, a one-time sacrifice, but a living sacrifice, something that is offered daily for the Lord. So we have salvation, and then we have surrender. And now in the first phrase of verse 2, we have the step of separation. When we read in verse 2, it says, I, And be not conformed to this world. And this world here in verse 2 is, is represented as doing the action. The world is trying to pressure us into its mold, into adopting its values and priorities. Um, I've heard my dad say many times that you don't have to pursue worldliness to be worldly, right? You don't have to choose to be a rebel to end up worldly. If we just sit back passively and let the world's music and, and movies and entertainments and advertisements flood over us and we do nothing to battle conformity and live separated, we're going to miss out on the will of God. We're going to miss out on experiencing God's very best for our life. So we have salvation. Then we have surrender. Present your bodies as living sacrifice. We have separation. Be not conformed to this world. But again, you might know someone that you have good reason to hope is saved and at least for a time lived with some, some elements of surrender and then for a time lived with some um, standards of separation, but yet you would also say, okay, 
they're not experiencing God's best for their life. They're not living in the will of God either. And there's a fourth and final step here in this passage. And this is in the middle phrase of verse two. And I'm going to give this step the label of saturation. So we have salvation, then surrender, separation, and now saturation. When we read in verse two, it says, Be not conformed to this world, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind. That word transformed means to be changed into another form. And and that word renew, what the what the although it isn't clearly stated here in this text, the only thing in all the world our mind is to be renewed with is the very word of God. God's word transforms us, it changes us to be more like Christ. Um, the Bible in First Peter is the milk and meat that we feed on to grow. The Bible is a mirror in James where we see our true sinful condition from God's perspective. The Spirit of God uses the Word of God to change us into, into another form. It's Christian growth to be changed to become more like Christ. And if we're going to live and experience the will of God, we have to have a mind that's renewed, a mind that is saturated in the Word of God. So we have salvation, then surrender, separation, and lastly, saturation. Taking these steps, I can arrive at God's very best in His will. But leaving one of these steps out, I could end up pursuing something that turns out to be worthless, like fool's gold. And I don't know what stage of life you may be in as you're listening to this devotional. Adults, I know you guys have uh, bigger decisions that I'm not as close to as facing college students have decisions of where they're going to study, where they're going to go to school, what are they going to do after school. All of us are faced with decisions. Um, and really, this text ought to comfort us because it gives us assurance that God is not trying to make it hard for us to know and live in as well. The issue is, am I saved? Am I surrendered? Am I presenting my body as a living sacrifice? Am I separated? Am I, am, I being se- am I being separated from this world instead of being conformed to it? And lastly, am I saturated in the Word of God? Am I being transformed as my mind is renewed in the Word of God? I hope you will take these steps and earnestly pursue God's very best for your life. And He will make it clear when we live uh, with these four steps. I hope you have a great day and God bless you. Thanks for listening to the Walk Talks podcast. We trust that what you've heard today has challenged your walk with God. It is our prayer that through this podcast, every listener would strive to become more like Christ and faithfully live for Him each and every day. Join us next time, and God bless.